Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa. Unfortunately, discussing another loss, the Senators' second straight loss this week. Uh, I'm your host, Maude, as always. Uh, excited to break this game down, despite the fact that it was not a very exciting game at all. Now, uh, the Sens came into this game seven points back from a wildcard spot. They could have made it five uh, with a win here today, and uh, it's just... It sucks now, too, because they've played one more game uh, than the Penguins, who are in that second wildcard spot because of this game. Um, so it could end up being a nine-point gap if the Penguins end up winning their next game. Uh, huge game for the Predators, though. They came into this game, I believe it was only three points back, and now they're only one point back of Edmonton for the final wildcard spot. Uh, so huge result for them. They actually uh, have two games in hand over the Oilers for that last spot as well, too. So... Very motivated uh, Nashville team here today. Uh, it just uh, sucks, though, because, like, even though the Predators are closer to a playoff spot in the West, it's really just because the West is a weaker conference. They've, they've only got, uh, like, with this win, I believe it's just a couple, like, three, maybe four more points they have than the Sens. Uh, after beating them, obviously, that went up. You know, it's just, it's two teams here that were just kind of not really meeting expectations so far in the season. I'm sure Nashville expected to be higher up in their division, probably in the top three. They were hoping to make moves after their big season last year, make moves up the standings, that is. And obviously the Sens were hoping to do that too, but it was kind of a case of the Sens being this high-scoring team that has trouble defensively, while the Predators are more of a defensive team that has trouble scoring. And uh, it ended up being tonight that the lower scoring team ended up with the victory. It was uh, defense just took them all the way. Defense and goaltending because you say Soros with that 38 save shutout. He has just been on fire lately. So sad stuff for the Sens once again tonight. But uh, I will get into my full game breakdown after this word from our sponsor. Think you know what way, what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to cash out, <laughs> deposit play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com stpn. That's sportsinteraction.com stpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. It's funny how many times I go through that ad read and I will still manage to stumble on my words. <laughs> but anyway, one thing that I noticed about this game when looking up uh, the advanced stats on Natural Stat Trick was that Nashville at 5-1-5 really shut it down after the first period. The, the scoring chances in the first period favored the Senators 15-7. Which, that's like a lot for one period, I'm pretty sure. 15 is a whole whole boatload, uh, while giving up 7 as well. So it was a fairly high event first period, and I'll get into that shortly. And then the second period, you'll see way less. It was only 4 scoring chances for the Sens compared to the Predators' 6. So <laughs> they just really locked it down. After that first period, which was a bit more a bit more frantic for them, you know, as a defensive team, giving up that many scoring chances in one period, uh, not ideal. So I think the coaches uh, probably 
gave them a gave them a word in the locker room there and said you, you guys got to lock it down because even though they came out with the two nothing lead after the first period it was uh could it could have been better defensively for them and, and they managed to do that for the rest of the game for the third period scoring chances right now i have it as uh when i looked it was the stats were updated to 11 minutes left in the third period at five on five it was uh three scoring chances for the sands and four for the predators so really after that first period and outside of power play opportunities the predators really locked it down tonight but yeah it, into that first period you know first thing that i had noticed was i liked shabbat's game tonight for the most part especially early on because there were some mistakes later in the game but i did note that i liked his game early on he uh he made a nice move at the point i believe then he passed it off to kachuk for a scoring chance uh early on in the game he he was just flying out there tonight Set, setting things up. I, I liked his play with the puck. There were a couple of um, a couple of moments later that were not so good, but obviously we will get there. Uh, want to shout out the bolster in the chat. He said most of, if not all, of our big chances, especially late, were scramble plays. That is very true as well. That was one frustrating thing about tonight. Is you see all those scramble plays, and it's like, God, we can't just get one lucky bounce, you know, to get past Saros. It's just yeah, as he also says, Soros has been a top three goalie in the league this season at stopping scramble shots. That's, oh my god, just ridiculous. Of course, that's what he's great at. <laughs> great at stopping, and that's all we had was freaking scramble chances. So that was just uh, frustrating to see tonight. He's right, though. It's not, it, it wasn't a lot of wide open chances or clean looks at the net. Like, considering we had 38 shots, I, I kind of feel like probably a lot of those, there was probably a lot of plays where it was one of those scrambles in front of the net and then we had like a few whacks at it and then the shot count goes up by like three or four because apart from like a few a few specific chances, I, I can't remember anything that was like really wide open like, oh my god, Saros absolutely robbed us, you know? So he obviously played great tonight, but it was uh, it was very scrambly offensively for the Senators for sure. Uh, I did have noted, though, one really good save uh, from Saros early in the game on Parker Kelly. He did get robbed early on, so credit to Saros on that one. That was one of our few chances that was not a scramble. Uh, and then one of the themes of the first, first period I found today was the refing. Uh, Gary Galley was constantly talking about it all night, about just pretty much every call that happened. He was like, oh, I don't know about that one, or oh, something else should have been called instead. I kind of found myself agreeing with him in the first period, which is a little bit rare uh, <laughs> for for me with Gary Galley. He's kind of, I find he's one of the more opinionated uh, uh, commentators. So he throws a lot of things out there that I don't always agree with. But tonight I thought he was pretty accurate in terms of the refereeing. Giroux, on the very first penalty of the game, he was quite angry about the call. He was uh, chirping the refs like crazy and... I definitely agreed with him on that one too. They called him, I think, for a hold, where all he did was just uh, kind of rub out the puck carrier along the wall. Like, that was just a body check. Like, I, I don't really think that was anywhere near a penalty, so I don't blame Giroux for his reaction on that one. And then it was a makeup call shortly after uh, for the Predators, or against the Predators, I mean, that uh, favored the Sens. I don't even really remember that one at this point, to be honest, but it was it was definitely a makeup call. It was pretty soft. And then later after that, you had um, you had Kelly hit from behind along the boards that, you know, I'm not really sure whether or not 
I think it should have been a boarding call. I would lean towards yes, but that might be me being biased, but they didn't end up calling that one. And Gary Galley said as well, like, if you're going to call anything in the first period, it probably should have been that, as opposed to the two previous penalties that they called before that. So, just, uh, I wasn't too pleased with the refereeing early on in this one. Luckily, uh, for the rest of the game, I thought it was fine. <laughs> the bolster also saying correlation between these two tough losses and being Sportsnet games. Uh, that just, <laughs> that really sucks being on the uh, national broadcaster in this. Basically laying two eggs. I think uh, I think we need to get back to TSN here soon, and maybe that will uh, maybe that will change our fortunes. It would be interesting to see uh, what our overall record is in appearances on Sportsnet this year, because it would mostly be sat It would be most of the Saturday games, uh, if they're in the evening anyway. We have had a lot of uh, afternoon Saturday games too that are usually on TSN. So that, now now you got me curious as to whether or not we. Like, our record isn't that good in general, but it would be kind of funny uh, if the record on Sportsnet was, like, 2-9 and nine or something, and then, like, above 500 on TSN. I, I think it would be kind of unlikely for it to be something like that, considering uh, the way our record is overall, but kind of just an interesting thing there. I thought our power play was a little bit sleepy overall at the beginning of this game. Uh, on that first power play, we weren't really uh, creating much. Sanderson had to get back to... Uh, make a great defensive play, blocking a pass, which that's not what you want to be doing on the power play, but lucky that we had Sanderson out there to be able to make that play. And then we get to the first goal of the game. one nothing Predators off of a Eric Branstrom turnover. Uh, <laughs> this is a rough one for the, for the young kid. Like, I don't want to criticize him too much. I try to be I try to be nice to Branstrom because I feel like even though he's not putting up the points that I would have liked to see him uh, put up so far in his career, like he's generally pretty good with the puck and with zone exits. But this is the this is the thing. This is the one thing that he's generally pretty good at this season, and it went totally wrong here on this play. But I think the Sens as a whole, as a five man unit on this play, were just kind of a mess uh, coming out of the zone. You had Branstrom carrying it up along the boards on the left-hand side, and I believe it was Debrinkit kind of in front of him, who he could have done a short pass to him, except that Debrinkit kind of peeled off the wall. And then I think it was Batherson just to Branstrom's right. So you had three sends all along the left side wall there. Bra uh, Branstrom didn't really have great passing options, I thought, so he kind of, he tried to force it through a Predators player uh, over to Batherson, I believe it was, who was to his right. And on a play like that, I would have... I know he's a small guy, so he probably would have gotten rubbed out along the boards, but I would have liked to see Branstrom just continue skating it up the boards there, try to get the red line for a dump-in, or even if you turn it over, like, at least get it farther, you know? Uh, just it, w it wasn't a smart pass trying to force it through the middle. I think he really just should have get kept skating there, and we got punished by Roman Yossi. Very nice goal for him, but uh, ugly-looking goal for the Sens, and that was kind of just the theme tonight was these mistakes, these turnovers that end up in the back of the Sens net. At least at least it wasn't as bad as last game in terms of everything ending up in the back of the Sens net because uh, Cam, Tal Cam Talbot was actually very solid tonight. Uh, I kind of wanted to see Forsberg start because I thought last game that uh, it was kind of the team letting Forsberg down on those first three goals. I didn't think that he looked bad. 
Whereas then Talbot went in and I thought that he kind of let the team down with uh, the first couple goals that he allowed. But DJ went to Talbot and I can't really criticize Talbot's performance at all today. It was really just uh, getting outdueled by the better goalie, but only because of uh, the Predators kind of just getting those better chances off of uh, huge turnovers, you know? The first and third goals were both uh, both two-on-ones. And then the second goal was just a scrambly play down low. Just kind of, it, it was like a three-on-three play in the corner where you had, the Predators had the puck and they had three guys down low. And we had one guy on each of them. Uh, but it was, as, uh, as the puck kind of came to the side of the net, I think they tried to pass it out in front. It got blocked, and Zub kind of switched his coverage to a guy who was going to the front of the net. But the puck went around behind the net, and then it was just a wide-open wraparound. Just everyone kind of getting confused there. It's uh, just another ugly one where a defensive miscue that you can't have. It's just unfocused defense. They just get beat. Just get beat down low. It's, uh, it was another ugly goal from the defensive side of things on that one. Uh, back to the booster in the chat. Uh, it's been weird for Branch this year, he says. Uh, really good underlying offensive and defensive metrics this year. An incredible micro stats uh, on the transition game. Uh, but all of his passing metrics are especially low, which corresponds with his solid passing skills not being as much on display this year. Could correlate to the low production. That's interesting insight there with the uh, the passing metrics being pretty uh, pretty far off. Maybe because I, I have liked his game on the breakout. Like maybe it's just that he's better at skating the puck out than making those passes. Or maybe it's just maybe also in the offensive zone his passing game isn't as good. Maybe he's not really finding guys on the cycle. Could be could be a bit of that. But yeah, it's just, I agree. Just overall a really weird year for Branstrom where... He'll go a few games and I'm totally happy with him. I don't even think about him. I don't notice any mistakes. And then there's games like this. Like, I don't want to criticize a young guy too much because this will happen as part of learning the game. As an NHL defenseman, it's bad games are going to happen. But uh, uh, just just tough night for him. Wish that I didn't have to talk about it so much. Yeah. But... Uh, then, after those two goals from the Predators, there was those offside goals, one for each team. I think that was uh, really a key moment it ended up being when uh, Brady's goal was called offside because we didn't even end up scoring for the rest of the game. It was uh, very unfortunate on that one because it was a great play. I believe it was I believe it was Giroux and Stutzla forechecking down low. Got the puck out in front to Stutzla, or not to Stutzla, to Kachuk. And he had had a couple whacks at it, managed to bang it in. It was a really nice goal, and it felt like uh, that's where the Sens were going to get the crowd back into the game. But unfortunately, just offside, it was it was a pretty obvious offside. So I wasn't too frustrated with it at the time. But obviously, you'll be frustrated with any goal being called back. And you know, it was Kachuk himself who scored the goal, who was uh, who was like about a foot offside on the play. So he he kind of undid his own. His own uh, good good deed there. Unfortunate for him. And then into the second period, we had a bit of karma for offside calls at least because Duchesne quickly made it 3-0 about like a minute into the period. But luckily, the Predators were also offside on that play. I do like Matt Duchesne, but glad to see his goal wiped out. 
don't want to I, I wish him well in his career but not against the senators off obviously uh, I do wonder I do wonder how a lot of Sens fans feel about Matt Deshane at this point I wonder there there was a lot of people who didn't really like him uh, when he left I think it just just because of the unfortunate timing of his arrival with the team and the team just falling off a cliff you know right after he got here but I like him just because he he never stopped trying. He he gave his all every game, even though the Sens were awful pretty much right when he showed up. And I, I think they showed a stat that it was... Um, this is not going to be exact, but I think it was something like 118 games with the Sens for Duchesne. And he had 107 points, which is very good production. Like, he, he was... Uh, you know, maybe he was trying to play his way out of Ottawa and get that trade deadline move and lucrative contract in the in the summer but hey it worked and uh he gave he gave some gave us some great hockey so i do i do like matt duchene in the end but uh very glad that his goal didn't count tonight although of course it didn't end up mattering uh an interesting stat that they showed on the broadcast as well was that nashville is 11 1 and 4 is their record uh, when leading after the first period. So when I saw that, I was like, oh shit, we pretty much have no chance. <laughs> and that pretty much ended up being correct. Like we had a, we had some scramble chances, but it was a, and a few odd man rushes that kind of got botched. But other than that, you know, after they had that early lead, they were just able to sh shut it down completely. Um, we had Mark Kostelik fighting in the second period, trying to spark the team. He kind of took the L in that fight, uh, <laughs> but I appreciate the effort, you know. Um, the Predators had a three-on-one in that period as well, which was another ugly moment for Brandstrom. Although on this one, I kind of feel like it's not so much his fault because I just, I just feel like when he received that pass at the blue line, like he was already in a bad spot when, uh, when whoever it was decided to pass it to him. I feel like that was the bad decision because he had to make like a split second decision like oh shit there's three guys on me already they the predators already had their three forwards up high in the zone on that play just pressuring the one man back at the point so when that puck got to Branstrom, it's almost impossible to make the right play there i feel like i feel like i, I should cut him some slack on this play um Maybe other people see it differently, though. I'm sure there was a way that he could have not turned that puck over, but it was uh, just uh, just a rough one. We are very lucky that Nashville completely flubbed that three-on-one. It was very impressive of them to not even record a shot on that. Uh, <laughs> Billy Carter in the chat. I'm just watching this because college football just sucks right now. I don't know much about college football at all, but uh, glad you're here watching me. I'm glad that college football is sucking enough that I can get another viewer. Thanks for joining. <laughs> um, Tim Stutzla was uh, was dangling in the second period. He had this one entry, I think it was at the tail end of a power play, where he got he walked around like four guys. Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, from the neutral zone, it was f like, maybe it was after the power play ended, because I think the Predators did have five on the ice. But regardless, he just deked through the whole freaking team, passed it over to Debrinkit, but Soros read the play perfectly. It was a good save, uh, but I was still impressed with uh, with Stutzla's play tonight. He is our little German superstar. Very happy with him. Oh my God, the <laughs> the college football score is sixty five to seven according to Bolster. Uh, that sounds like an absolute shit show. So at least 
someone lost worse than the Sens tonight. Uh, we can we can take some solace in that. Um, yeah, I had noted down as well that Cam Talbot had some great saves in the second period. It was a, I think it was a Predators power play uh, near the end of the period where they had about like four shots uh, in a quick succession. So even though I, I kind of wanted to see Forsberg start the game, Talbot really uh, really kept the game close after those first two goals. So again, can't criticize him tonight. I was pretty happy with his performance overall. And then Batherson came out of the box uh, after that penalty. He made a great play to strip the puck from the Predators player uh, along the boards and sprung the Sens on a two-on-one. Uh, but then the two-on-one happened to be Parker Kelly and Dylan Gambrell. And that just made me very sad because as soon as I realized uh, which players it was, I knew that nothing was going to happen. And I believe it was Gambrell that took the shot and just missed the bet entirely. So that was another moment in this game that made me very sad because it was uh, great saves by Talbot on that penalty kill and Batherson coming out of the box and making a great play to create a chance. A good defensive play from Batherson for once, which is a little bit rare this season. <laughs> and... He sets up a good chance, but we just did absolutely nothing with it. I think there was another um, another odd man rush in that period where we totally wasted it as well. I think it was a three on two. Uh, Debrinket dropped it back to Watson. Of course, again, another guy that you don't really want to be seeing on the odd man rushes, but he definitely could have done better on this play. He kind of, I don't even know what the hell he was trying to do, but he basically, the end result was that the puck just got chipped into the corner off of his stick. I don't know if he was trying to make a pass. Or trying to make a shot like I was honestly just so confused when I saw that so uh, the Sens did have some odd man rush chances but didn't get anything out of them tonight it's just very sad and then into the third period I thought it was a very soft call on Broussard uh, in front of the net at the end of the Senators power play uh, that was at the start of the period it was just he was in a net front battle he was um, he was getting cross-checked by the defender and then he gives a little bit back to him and of course, the defender just flops instantly, uh, just goes down super easy, and then the ref decides to call Broussard, and only Broussard. So I was annoyed on that one, but of course, it didn't end up mattering. Predators also went 0 for 5 on the power play, exact same as the Sens. So even though I was, uh, I've been complaining about the referees here tonight, luckily that didn't really affect play too much, although. I, I wish that we could have got some power play goals. Um, it, it's, been, it's been a rough two games for the power play, I feel like. Uh, I can't criticize them too much because of their overall ranking in the league at this point, just being amazing, being ranked third. But the 0 for 5 tonight will bring it down a little bit, I think. Um, hoping to see them get back on the board with, with some power play goals next game. I know we did get one last game, but it was... Uh, the Seattle defender shooting the puck off of Stutz's leg and into the net. So I don't think our power play has been bad the last two games, but it's just felt a little bit off. I wonder if maybe they should try a little bit of a change up, like maybe Giroux back to the first unit or something like that. It'll be interesting to see if they decide to try to change anything or if they just stick with exactly what they've been doing. I do think, though, with the Giroux uh, potentially being on the first unit, I'm pretty sure the power play started rising in the league rankings when Stutzla was injured and we actually had Giroux on that first power play unit. So I do wonder if maybe that could be something to try to go back to. I don't think I would take Stutzla off of it, probably take someone else off of it, but getting Giroux in there somewhere might help, I think. Um, 
And then the dagger goal from Philip Forsberg. I actually missed this one. I was in the washroom, so I had to come back and watch the replay. Uh, another ugly, another ugly turnover. I think they did credit uh, Ryan McDonough with an assist here, even though yeah. So I guess it's not really, it's not really a turnover. Like the way I saw it was uh, the puck kind of just came flying out of the corner, and it was just out of Shabbat's reach. He got a little bit of a stick on it, but he was falling down because it was just it was too far for him to uh, play the puck correctly. And then, of course, it just goes out the zone for, for an easy 2-on-1, and Philip Forsberg is not going to miss those chances. So, so it's not really a turnover because the Predators did play it out of the zone, and it just kind of got through Shabbat. But just, just those little defensive mistakes, where I guess his positioning was off a little bit, even though I did like Shabbat's game overall today, it was just, uh, just another unfortunate error. And, of course, uh, the Sens get burned. Just very sad stuff tonight. Uh, ah, I don't know. I think I'm pretty much out of hope. I'm very close to being out of hope for the Sens possibly making a run at the final wildcard here. I feel like they needed much better efforts than these last two games, win or lose, for me to uh, to actually keep a bit of hope. Like, at least going one and one between these two games because... Even though Seattle is in a playoff spot, they have really weird metrics. They're kind of just on a 5-on-5 scoring heater, and there's a lot of other parts of their game that are pretty weak. So losing that badly to them was pretty rough. And uh, like that was probably one of the Senators' worst games of the season last game. This one wasn't. It was a very even game overall in terms of the shots, in terms of the hits, in terms of the power play opportunities, but... Uh, just beaten by the better defensive team here tonight. Defense, uh, defense wins you games late in the season for sure. I feel like, I feel like it always happens every year that the earlier games in the season are really high scoring because everyone isn't like quite settled into the systems that they have to play yet. And then you get past the halfway point of the season, and then these defensive teams start to be able to lock it down more consistently. And it's just a game that the Sens can't play, like. They just don't really have an answer for that type of uh, this type of low-scoring hockey. If you shut down their power play, there's not much else going on for the Sens. So, ah, it's just <laughs> Bolster saying that the Sens watched the World Juniors games that they PVR'd, and now they're going fully after Bedard. Ugh. I feel like I feel like the best-case scenario we can hope for at this point is like finishing what you can move up 10 spots in the draft right so we gotta we gotta finish 10th last or something like that so that it's still mildly entertaining for the rest of the season and then get extremely lucky in the draft lottery we need we need something like that at this point because i don't really think we're going to be able to pull off a wild card spot with the way the team is playing right now you know they have arizona up next which you would think should be an easy win however um I have noticed that the Coyotes have been actually beating a lot of good teams in their in their new arena, in their uh, in their junior-sized arena. So I think it'll be a tough matchup going in there, tougher than you would expect, because I think everyone just expected the Coyotes to be a complete pushover this year. They kind of were earlier in the season, but they've shown that they can actually pull some wins out of their asses. So I'm actually a little bit worried about. Uh, about losing to the Coyotes potentially next game. Um, but uh, before I go tonight, 
I had a little bit of an extra segment in mind. It's a little bit less sends related and more general for the whole league. I thought that it would be kind of fun to do a, uh, a all-star voting ballot on stream here. I've got the, uh, <laughs> I've got it set up and I haven't even looked at any of the all-star rosters so far. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to just go through and see what's going on here for, for the NHL's uh, voting system. So just, uh, they've got Metropolitan Division up first. And the first thing that I noticed was that there isn't a single defenseman on this team. And I think I remember seeing something like that. It might be the same for the Atlantic Division too. So they're, <laughs> they're really just uh, putting, putting anyone in there. They're not, I guess when it's three on three, it doesn't really matter, eh? But uh, they've got all the options here for the Metro Division. I guess it's sorted by points. Um, they get they let you sort by points, goals, and assists. Although it's kind of funny that on here you can't see the player's actual stats. I think like if I click on someone, it just it just pulls up a big a big picture of them. So it's like, wow. If I if I don't have HockeyDB open, uh, I have no clue other than just they they have this sorting here. Um, I think I would go with. Uh, I think I kind of want to go with with Travis Konechny as a pick here because he's been absolutely killing it for the Flyers this season. And you know they they put Kevin Hayes in there already, like that's such a tough choice. I guess I get to pick two skaters. There's also Jesper Bratt who's been amazing as well. Uh, there, there's some decent options here. I know Marty Natchez is having a bit of a breakout season. Uh, Penguins players, they're always good, and I don't like them. I never like them, so I don't want to vote for them. Uh, Eric Gustafson would be kind of a funny pick because he's been absolutely on fire lately. I, I was kind of debating whether or not I wanted to do like a joke ballot or like a serious ballot, but I feel like the I feel like the idea of voting in like fourth liners and scrubs is a little bit a little bit overdone at this point. It'll be interesting to see if with the power of fan votes, if if we get anyone in the All Star game like that this year. I remember uh, there, there. Everyone knows the John Scott fiasco. I just remember uh, that they tried to prevent him from getting into the All Star game after he was selected by uh, getting trading him or get, he, he. There was like a trade that was forced to another team, and then they waived him or something like that. So it, it would be kind of funny if like some some joke players get in this year, and then the NHL just has to deal with it. But uh, but I don't know. I think I think I want to put a put a serious a serious bracket in here even though the even though I don't care that much about the all-star game I'll be honest I, I don't watch it I never watch it anymore uh, but it's a fun event for for the local communities that get to host the game it's a fun event for kids to watch as well I think in the metro division I think I'm very tempted to put Zibanej at as well the former senator angle um, you know we'll definitely you know what we'll definitely put Adam Fox in there uh, because this team needs a defenseman they need at least at least one guy on defense, and then uh, p between Panarin, Zabanjad, Barzell, Konechny, Brat, like these are all really good options. That's uh, that's a tough choice, but I kind of I kind of like putting Konechny because he's kind of an underrated player, a guy having a breakout season on a team that isn't very good. So you wouldn't really expect guys like him and Kevin Hayes to be putting up a lot of points. Uh, so you know what? I will give him my nod, and then we need a goalie. So 
Let's actually filter this by goalies and then... I don't know how you're supposed to sort by the goalie stats on this because it's still got the, the skater stats as my options. <laughs> so so I have to try... I'm just guessing who is even... Who, who is even having a good season? I guess Vanacek, Ilya Sorokin. What goalie do they... They already have Shesterkin in there. So... I think Kemper, Vanacek, and Sorokin are the best there. I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go with Vitek Vanacek because it's fun for a player to get his first All-Star appearance. Just like, I believe, with Konechnia. I, I don't know if he's been in one before, so... You know what? That's my Metro... My Metro Division ballot right there. We will move on to the Atlantic Division. Linus Olmark is already the goalie. You know what? We'll start with the goalie. So they got Olmark in there. That's a no-brainer. Just having an amazing season. I don't want to vote for Matt Murray or Ilya Samsonov. Uh, I, I will not vote for Leafs players. Um, Magnus Helberg being an option is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, the Sens goalies. I don't know if they're quite all-star caliber, either of them. Like, they've both been good. They've both been kind of up and down, but then, you know, their stats leveling out as being pretty decent. Uh, Vili Husso. I feel like it just has to be Vasilevsky. Like, he's kind of just, he's just the best goalie over, like, the past 10 years. Like, that's kind of a no-brainer choice there if you're not, uh, <clears throat> if you're not voting for someone from your favorite team. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like I have to give it to Vasilevsky. And then, uh, Pasternak is a bit, what? I, Pasternak is having such a ridiculous season. I can't believe that he's not already... I guess it's because they picked Olmark already, but wow. It, you have to put Pasternak. Like, if if Pasternak is not in this All-Star game, that's just that's just ridiculous. So it's the season he's having. I get, But the, the Atlantic division is quite stacked uh, for skaters that could be picked, though. This is one, one interesting thing with the All-Star game is how they, they stick to their... Uh, their original rule of having one player per team at the beginning, and then we're filling out the extra spots because uh, you have Nick Suzuki in there already as an automatic pick, and Dylan Larkin kind of as well. I feel like almost all of the guys who are over on the selection options, like pretty much all of them, I would take like over those two guys for the All-Star game right now. I think it's a bit to do with scoring being up, higher than it's been in the past few years. You've got lots of guys who are just closer to point per game or above it. So it's uh, some tough choices here, really. Like, I, I was coming into this being like, oh, I'll just put Tim Stutzla as the homer vote because uh, he's really been carrying the Sens lately. I think I'm still going to do that, but it's it's hard. I feel like I'm snubbing Darlene. I'm definitely snubbing... Uh, Matthews and Nylander, because they do deserve it, but I don't want to vote for them. I'm not voting for Leafs players. <laughs> um, and then, like, Stamkos, Tuck, these guys are all really good. And then, like, Marchand, Bergeron, like, ooh, so many options in this division, but we're going to put, we're going to homer vote for Tim Stutzla. I think, uh, I don't know how much time I'll be spending voting uh, overall, because you can submit this a bunch of times, but if I was to submit my ballots like as much as possible i'm i would be spamming stutzla because i think it would be very fun to see him get to compete in the all-star game i think he deserves it he is quickly becoming the Sens' best player i get why they picked kachuk but uh i think timmy is kind of timmy is on the rise right now and it would be really awesome to see him uh get picked to the team although it's it'll be tough for him to win the voting over those leafs players <laughs> who i uh 
who I have snubbed <coughs> snubbed on my ballot. Um, Central Division here. Yeah, this is oh, this is another thing where uh, you have to have one player per team. So you have Seth Jones in there just because literally no one on the Blackhawks is deserving of being an All Star. That's uh, that's a bit of an awkward one. Clayton Keller is is good though. He's he's having a good season, so I, I don't mind. I don't mind him so much being in there from the Coyotes pick. Uh, of course, UC Soros is in there. We saw how good he was tonight. Um, you could have you could have picked Forsberg or Yossi too, but Soros proved tonight that he's a freaking beast. So that that pick definitely makes sense. Uh, I'll see the other goalies again. I feel like Connor Hellebuck would be the obvious option. Philip Gustafson would be the funny option as I see him there. Um, uh, Connor Ingram and Karel Vimelka. I feel like those are the type of guys, and like Peter Mrazek, I feel like those are the type of guys that would end up uh, getting in as joke votes if people rally behind them. But uh, yeah, you, you gotta go with Hellebuck here. Just uh, absolutely beasting for the Jets this year. Uh, I don't know if they're still first in the division, but totally outperforming expectations and if the Jets are doing well it's always pretty much because of Connor Hellebuck so gotta go with him for sure and then so that gives you two Jets players in there already and then <laughs> I guess this is just auto sorted by points Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois just being right up there at the top already it would be pretty 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 crazy if the Jets ended up with three all-stars but they're doing so good that uh, it's pretty it would be pretty deserving to be honest uh I feel like I should put Kyle Connor in there because he's a really fun player. He's, uh, I don't know if I should call him underrated. I was going to say he's more of one of the more underrated goal scorers in the league, uh, which I feel like is just because he plays for Winnipeg, just the small market effect, but he's a really fun player to watch. Um, I'm a big fan of Kyle Connor. Uh, and then, you know, for a third guy, ah, uh, I... I'm I'm deciding between McKinnon and Rantanen because Rantanen has played all season and he's kind of been carrying the Avalanche offense while McKinnon has been injured and Rantanen has had to pick up the slack. But of course, McKinnon is just amazing as well. Like despite missing 15 games or so, I think he's still like way above point per game on the season. So I think you could you could really take your pick between either of them. But McKinnon is just so electric out there. The way he skates, the way he stick handles, almost like pretty much with those two at those two skills I would have him second to McDavid and uh not this year because he's been injured but he's he's kind of my second favorite player other than McDavid in the league like obviously Matthews was clearly up there one and two with McDavid last year but the previous couple years before that I felt like it was McDavid and McKinnon it's just the best two guys so I'm gonna go with him and then we're on to the Pacific Division to finish it off yeah, then, <laughs> then here the uh, one player per team strikes again as you have uh, Kadri, who's good, but not having the best season in Calgary. Troy Terry again, who's good, but yeah, you had to put an Anaheim Ducks player. Although, speaking of the Anaheim Ducks, I feel like I should vote for Trevor Zegers just because he is such a fun player to watch with those super skill moves. And he seems like a fun personality as well. I feel like he's a guy who should be at the All-Star game. But sorting by points, I don't even see him on the screen here. I wonder how long we have to scroll to get to him. What the? Okay, I must have missed him because there's no way he has less points than uh, 
then Ilya Mikheyev and Daniel Sprong. <laughs> where, where the hell is uh, where is Trevor Zegras? Can I let me let me search? There he is. Let's get him in there. Let's get get the the rookie of the year. Wait, no, Sider was the rookie of the year, but Zegras, one of the most exciting young players in the league. I would like to see him in the All Star game. We all saw that amazing. Uh, I think it was blindfolded 360 shootout goal that he had last year. So let's get him in there and let's see what he can come up with this year uh, in the shootout challenge. Uh, and then, oh yeah, I was I forgot I was I got so distracted by Zegers I forgot to do I was doing the goalies first. So I feel like this division is really weak for goalies. And looking at it is just confirming it now. Like what the? F I don't want to pick any of these goalies. <laughs> oh my god, like Jack Campbell should have been good he isn't jacob markstrom should be good he isn't really philip grubauer used to be good not anymore same with john gibson like oh my god demko is good but he hasn't played in like two months and he was having a rough start to the season <laughs> these goalie options are absolutely terrible in this division i feel like i'm just gonna put martin jones just because his team is winning. He's got those wins, baby. Even though he's got a nice uh, below 900 save percentage. I'm going to go with Martin Jones. And then we got one more player to pick here. Lots of good options. There's a pretty... With with that weak goaltending, I feel like it's a pretty high-scoring division. Although, even though there is a lot of good options, I feel like Leon Dreisaitl just has to be the obvious one, right? Like, am I going to take, take any of these guys ahead of him? There is Eichel... Who's a good, who would be a good guy to have there, but uh, he's been injured a lot too. I'm going to put Dry Saddle. Get him in there, get him in there. Yeah. I don't know, there, there's my, there's my all-star votes. I feel like, if I cared about the voting, that's who I would vote for. <laughs> I'm not going to put a bunch of time and energy into submitting a lot of ballots, but, uh, but I know a lot of people do find the all-star game entertaining. So that's who I would vote for personally. I just I thought that would be a little bit of a fun thing uh, to go through on stream tonight. I was actually uh, I was actually thinking of doing this before or after the previous game, but uh, that game against Seattle was such a shit show that I postponed it till this one. <laughs> um, so that'll be all for tonight. Um, yeah, next game against Arizona. I believe I'll be joined by Matt Bosty for that one, which should be great, as always. Love having him on. Really hoping the Sens can get back in the win column there, because, uh, boy, these last two games have been rough. But, uh, yeah, leave a like on the video, subscribe to STPN, share the show around if you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.